Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke. This time on Radio Greats, I am uh, joined by someone who has, well, best way to describe him is an international DJ working on stations all over the country from Atlantic 252 uh, to Day FM in Ireland, uh, Radio Luxembourg, uh, doing stints over here in the UK with Kiss XFM and as well as that stations in America and I look forward to learning a bit more about him in this edition but before I do Ender W. Caldwell how do I find you today? Is this live Luke? This is live it's <laughs> I, live Luke. Are we live? Is this thing on? Tap tap tap. How are you doing? Good, um, to, good to talk to you. I'm fine yeah and it's great to be talking to you live. Uh, live Luke. And it's great to be talking to to you too, Ender W. Caldwell. So, Ender, I, I've got to first off start with 30 years of experience in the radio business. How was it you developed the radio bug? How was it for you? Did the Optimud and the transmitter smoke a cigarette afterwards? I don't know. Uh, that's an old joke. Um, the very beginnings were, uh, obviously, when I got past um, sort of saying, mammy, daddy, car, then it was like, oh, what's that? Stevie Wonder record. And you sort of hear uh, the pips and the news. Frankie Vaughan and RTE. Hi, I'm Frankie Vaughan. And then Michael Murphy with the news. And I thought, this is all very serious. And then um, music was sort of always a part of the backdrop. It always made you feel happy when you were a kid. Moving on to about five, six years of age, I remember standing in my grandmother's living room, uh, dining room, and the radio was on and it was one of those Big old radios, iconic thing with the twin speakers, you know, the three in one set. And Radio Nova was playing. Well, little did I know what, what it was, but I could hear this song, Golden Brown by the Stranglers, and I'm six years of age. And I thought, wow, that's what stereo sounds like, you know, and it was, that was really where you get hooked and thinking then hearing the guy who was tiny from Battle of the Planets and also Shaggy from Scooby-Doo on a Sunday afternoon, I'm Casey Kasem, you know, going up a notch, you know, we have uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates, you know, and, and you're hearing this and you thought, is this guy coming from a spaceship? And then Radio Nova and then Bob Gallico and, you know, all of that. And moving on then, um, just through through time, you're sort of a kid, you know, playing in your bike, singing songs in your head. And then eventually Pat Courtney and Bob Gallico did a great breakfast show. And I was about 11 or 12. And I'd been doing speech and drama and thinking, why the hell am I doing this? And reading Danny, the champion of the world. And I thought, hang on, these guys are doing the theatrics that I do on stage and for my speech and drama teacher oh hang on I could actually put this to use if I record and that was sort of how I got bitten by the bug it was simple that's as quick as I can make it for you but um that's and then it got me into thinking hmm much as we had just discussed off the air live Luke about being behind the scenes you know where you think actually I don't even care I just want to be behind the scenes I, I want to press a cart button and watch it go green you know it was as simple as that it was just radio sort of was bright and colorful um radio DJs back in those days were like Bruno Brooks you know they were they were they were as big as as the uh <laughs> 
you know, Steve Wright and all the Radio 1 DJs and actually the RTE DJs and Nova DJs, they were all like sort of, you know, as big in your mind as football players are now, where you think, well, they must be earning a fortune, you know, Mike Mike Smith and stuff and um, Sarah Green, you know, uh, all these people, you think, wow, these people, and Noel Edmonds, you know, you thought these are legends. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a different time. And you were inspired by the fact that you didn't have Facebook. You know, there was Tiz was on the on the television of the Superstore. Um, you didn't have all of we, we had a simpler world. So we were just inspired by whatever we saw in front of us and heard. And that's really how we got involved and got the bug of it. Well, um, so that, that was how the bug happened. And am I right in thinking that um, your radio career actually begins with a pirate base station in uh, Dunalk called um, <laughs> Kiss FM? Yeah, the dog where the cores are from. Yeah, um, because... Oh, yeah. How did that happen? I got another clock, my second clock radio. So it was onto my second clock radio. It was a little Sony thing. And I'm tuning around on FM. And ooh, what's this? 101.4. So it, as it transpired, John Gartland and Paul Hockey had bought this uh, 80 watt and it was just across the border and it was pointing south and it could be picked up over 35, 40 miles away, even as far as Dublin Airport, on 101.4. And it would variously be doing random things like relaying Radio Luxembourg one night, playing old air checks of um, Laser 558 the next, or Kiss and Monaghan. And then suddenly, then this guy had come on and I was like, who is this guy? He's doing a programme and give us a reception report. And the phone number was... 0423-31394. So I rang up and I went, hello. So of course, one hour later after a Friday night ringing this guy and I said, well, how would I be able to do a program on it? I think that would be a good idea. And this was about 91. He said, well, you know, I'll get you a mixer. And he came and they delivered the mixer. So I got, met the guys and I made my own little studio. And it was literally just one tape deck, one vinyl, and you were just literally rolling a tape. So I posted it off to him and then he played it out and me and my sister were listening. And that was my first radio program about 91 or two. And obviously I went under the name Jason Scott just to be like Jason Maine or, you know, Scott Shannon mixed into one. Use I'm Con the Convo. AM 1008, FM 103.7 in stereo. We are Kiss FM, Monaghan Town. So you cut your teeth in pirate radio um, and work on stations from Tip FM, uh, <laughs> WLR yeah. and LMFM. And also yeah. not forgetting Southeast Radio. Well, I would say, yeah, uh, to look at it this way, it was like I was in college. Um, Dennis Murray was the the main man um, of her. And he had worked at Big D and Nova and 98 FM. And then, you know, it came round to it and I was on a degree course. And then I thought this evening's show came up at Tip FM and I was offered it because Andrew Mangan was leaving and they said, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. But then it meant me leaving the degree course I was on, which was in reflection, rather like, you know, as you mentioned to me earlier, Pat Kenny's decision um, not to go to the UK when he did. It was one of those ones that you might regret forever. But, you know, you can always go back and get a piece of paper. But um, 
it was a case of just getting in there and getting your teeth into it because I felt that like you'd be left behind. I My goal was from the moment Atlantic 252 launched, get on air. But it was like, you know, again, things that you'd say is, oh, well, you haven't got enough experience. You need more life's experience. And I realized I did. But at, at a point I was like, well, you know, it did take me rather a long time, more than most, to get a gig in 252. Um, so that was basically, it was all, the, the end goal at that point was get on Atlantic 252. And once you'd done that, we wouldn't be having this conversation because I'd be just another Irish jock on another Irish station, which I never wanted to be. I, I think it's important um, because I'd grown up listening to Nova on 738 um, Energy and those ones. And I went, well, what, you know, we remember being on holiday in 88 and hearing Super Q 102 and Sunshine 101 driving along um, on the English motorways and thinking, well, this is Irish radio. And it sounded blooming well better than most of the UK stations that year, you know, because they were just banging out the hits. Um, and uh, then Atlantic came on the following year and it was just, again, just as good. So I remember the first place that I'd heard Atlantic Live was in your good country of Wales. We were just coming back, you know, just before September with my, my sister, my mum and dad. And we were amazed, you know, that this banging signal was just fully solid, 100% signal in Wales, driving down through the hills and valleys of all these long-named places that I could never pronounce and still can't. But you're listening to this radio station with, you know, Paul Kavanagh, you know, Classic Rock Sunday, you know, and, and then Charlie Wolf. then the following day, you know, um, or, you know, I think it had come on actually, wasn't it, on a Friday or Saturday, but 252 obviously we'd heard the test broadcasts but um really hearing it on air going wow this really does do justice to the super pirates that it had sort of taken over from you know so it was great and it was just it was like it was a magical moment being from county meath and hearing this massive radio station that did have a good influence in uk commercial radio um along with deference to the super pirates and it's in uh, january of 2000 that uh, you finally <laughs> eventually. eventually you achieve your big break so uh, the, the, i think the question um, i i have to ask you about that uh, in particular is going to Atlantic two five two at this point? Hadn't it just hadn't it just recently relaunched or something? Yes. Well, I'd already had a meeting with David Dunn before that, and nothing had really come of it. No harm done. Um, but I'd had a meeting four years previous to that with Al Dunn, and Stephen Cooper got hired, and I was like really pleased about that, as I'm sure you'll imagine. So I was like, okay, um, but. One thing I would never do, and I think I shall never do as a result of that, is give up. So even in those three, four years, I was like, right, I'm really going to up my game now. And and there was no question, because when 
the demo arrived on John O'Hara's desk, who I'd already been pestering for a gig at Radio Air. But he said, oh, you know, your demo sounds hot, but, you know, give my regards to people sort of in about 1998. And suddenly then the phone rang and it was Hazel saying, yeah, John would like to have a chat with you. And um, then it was a case of like, right, you know, will you be able to start next Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, no problem. Emily will show you the ropes. Um, just come in, use your own name on air. Just, you know, keep it tight. Do, you know, do the format, whatever. And and it was it was lovely because working with John, he was like this old radio hero of mine I'd heard on Energy 103. And I felt safe and secure finally, because as I found out um, a year or two later, when we closed down on the last, you know, we were having our last few drinks after we'd shut the station down. And Deborah, who'd worked there all the years of Atlantic, Deborah Lowndes, still a very good friend. And she said, well, you know what happened that day, actually? You sent in the demo. I think Dave James handed it over to the ladies and there was all these ladies who managed uh, Atlantic in the background and kept the station going. It was rather like Father Father Ted, to be honest, you know, you had all these Mrs. Doyles sort of involved in the station, <laughs> but they were the ones who always made sure that everything good happened in 252. So um, Deborah said um, after she'd handed Ender's demo to John O'Hara and she looked down the boardroom and she said, you know, a lot of the PDs, they didn't want to hire him. He's such an anorak. And, you know, are you sure you really want to give this guy a chance? She was playing devil's advocate and he's like, no, no, let's give this guy a chance. So call him up. So he brought me in and had a chat with me and he said, right, you know, you don't have to try and be Tony Fenton. You, you don't have to try this. Just be yourself. And, um, I was amazed when he said to me as well, we want you to talk about sex, relationships, condoms, you know, blooming all the edgy things that are absolutely X rated because your average 22 year old woman in Manchester who drives a Renault Clio, she is our, her name is Laura, shall we say. She talks about this. She wants that. She likes this. She goes on holidays there. So we had a Z100 picture of our audience and who we were to talk to. So that's why, and we were playing all this nonstop rhythm and dance music, which we probably should have been doing about two or three years beforehand. And it would have worked and the station probably would have kept its two or three million listeners. But obviously the game had been bit stolen by the Galaxies um, and some of the other big stations. So, you know, we were just a bit behind, but we were catching up and we managed to, that whole last couple of years was good in terms of audience. It was fine. We were, we weren't, we were holding our own. We weren't losing. I think Virgin at that point was actually not doing, we were beating them, you know, on AM at least. But it's 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 become a much different market now in 20 years. There's millions of DAB stations. You know, just a, a week or two, you had heart noughties. But that came on and you're like, oh, and soon it'll be heart tens, you know, and they'll be playing, you know, whatever came on Little Mix a lot. But yeah, that's the way radio, you know, that's how I got in. And then it was just enjoyable to be on air there. And um especially after being in the Emmet, having had a se well, seven JD and Cokes and doing the radio show. And they went and John O'Hara said, the air check tape has disappeared. And I was like, yeah, it has. But I, I had brought it home and listened to it and went, wow, I did an overnight and I don't remember it, but 
yeah, that was just one of those moments where I can reveal to you now moments that you're proud of and moments that you go, I got away with it. <laughs> you know. But most of the time, I was a very good boy. In her little black bra, apparently I didn't get to see it. Well, I didn't get a good look at it anyway. It's Kylie Minogue. Can't get you out of my head. She says, I don't try to be a sex bomb. I am one. Atlantic 252. Well, something maybe you could tell me about Atlantic 252, because I've had Tony Dibbin and Gary Wilkinson do uh, these podcasts. And I had to ask uh, Tony this about Atlantic 252. Um, What was it like? Because it was on medium wave. Uh, AM, yeah, long wave, yeah. Long wave. And, um, long wave. And I asked, what was the difference between long wave and FM? And he said, uh, talking through the mic was like talking through the other end of a telephone. <laughs> yeah, it was off-putting because um, obviously when you're listening, it's like listening to an Optima um, where it's not in sync with what's going out on air. Uh, so trying to listen in real time to yourself could be off-putting, but if you could swallow that fear and do it, it was great. But um, sometimes, yeah, it was nice. I used to like actually listening off desk, as Americans do, because um, if you're watching the meters and keeping it tight, and then when you listen back um, through to everything as it has gone through finally through the processor, um, it's nice to listen back to hear how it's finally processed, because then it sounds all beefed up and amazing. But um, it's it's interesting on each one because we had this FM Optimod in the studio, which was set to sound like something like Nova or Energy 103 or Sunshine 101 or Southeast Radio. It sounded fantastic. But no, you know, the only people who got to hear that were those who were listening in ad agencies to the ROTs, the PD and the jocks. Um, but I always felt it would be so nice if we had got on Sky Digital or been on DAB at the time. And many requests were made at the time to try and get us onto the first MUX's MUX things in London. But uh, unfortunately, very strange times at RTL and at RTE where they were like, no, let's not bother with that. Let's just push on with the sale. Uh, but don't sell it to Chris Carey because, you know, he'll 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 turn it into Radio Nova. We don't want that. And then they sold it to those blooming team talk. And pff, that didn't last even 10 months, did it? And it was it was never a happier moment than to hear that go off. I can tell you uh, m- more to my dismay to hear RTE going out through it. And why I met a guy a few years ago who, who works for RTE. And he's like, oh, shaking his head going, oh, you know, I wish, you know, it's such a big drain on our bill and the electricity to keep that going. And I'm like, well, turn it off or, you know, give it to someone who can make something of it. Um, because I don't believe there's that many people listening to it now anyway. Um, especially in the days of when people in England can listen on Alexa to RTE. They could listen on maybe put it on Sky Digital, it'd be easier money spent, or put it onto one of those, um, you know, free view or something. You know, there's many other ways which old people in who are of Irish descent could listen in the UK to Irish radio. Um, they've turned off all the AMs, so it, does, it doesn't actually make sense anymore, you know, but uh, I, not, not much stuff by RTE does make sense to me anyway. No, f- f- fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, 
so you were with um, Atlantic for the bet for just under two years because the station closes in December yeah. of two thousand and one, and you were one of the last jocks. <laughs> I was the last person? You were on. the last jock. So, yeah. So you were so you, the last live link on from that studio as Atlantic two five two. Little did I know because you're sort of leading in to what was, and he was like, "Don't say goodbye." You know, John O'Hara was there. He said, "Don't don't say goodbye." Because it wasn't really, you know, and it was it was actually harder doing the last dance top thirty because I knew that would be the last dance top thirty on the preceding Saturday. And I honestly, if, if I remember playing the number one song, Ian Vandal, Will I? And the poignant lyrics of that absolutely had me lump in my throat and tears in my eyes. And when I you can hear me say, That really is it. The last number one and the last dance top 30. And I was choking the tears because I knew that this would be the last time there I was on the 10 to 2 shift on a Saturday, which was a big audience for 252. And I knew that it would be just downhill from that. And we were supposed to go off air on the Friday, the 21st, but we ended up going off on the Thursday, the 20th. And it all happened of an afternoon where literally Ender goes on air at two o'clock, doesn't know that he's going off and this will be his last show where, okay, we're cutting his show short by an hour. We're going to put the, the tribute out. It was all explained to me very quickly as they, as John explained this, they're literally moving the desk from his office. So the radio station was already being dismantled around me and I'm on air. And so I've been used to sort of radio stations being dismantled before where they're moving studio or whatever. But this was this was particularly hard to take. And later then for the women, like the ladies who had worked there for the 12 years in total, like Hazel and Hillary and Deborah, and they won't mind me mentioning it. And then, you know, we're all having this like group basically cry and a hug at the end because it was so sad because it was all part of our lives and um, it was something we thought would never end, you know, and we didn't want it to. And it was a happy little building that and a lot of good hit radio came out of it. I do. Madison Avenue coming up at 0870 400 40 or email me studio at atlantic252.com. Hi, who's this? Hi, it's Emma from Wales. Hi, Emma. Who do you want to say hello to? Oh, Gemma. My best friend. And who else? Um, my dog. Okay, what's your dog's name? Shadow. Have you heard Richard Blackwood yet and Mama Who the Man? No, but I'm up for it. Hey, Emma in Wells, what's your favourite radio station? The New Lounge 252. So, Atlantic 252 closes in December 2001, but you don't go off the air uh, at all because um, Today FM is... Uh, Started. Yeah, it's still been there. Well, it had been, I had been there, uh, I got hired off the back of sort of being at Atlantic by Tom Hardy, who sadly, very tragically passed away earlier this year. Very, you know, awful, uh, lovely man. And Tom had said, well, you know, we just want you to do what you do on Atlantic, but, you know, on a Saturday night, Ender, you know, and we're going to call it, what will we call it? And then there was sort of a name came up, Planet Hits. Okay, great. And I was thinking, well, what did Today FM in Australia do? And let's try and make it very international that people could listen because online listening was happening a lot at the time. And I said, well, look, we've got to pull the stops out here. And I know we can't do 12 in a row like Atlantic, but let's try and get 10 songs into the clock. So myself and Tom sat there designing this play clock and said, okay, 
And I said, can we shorten the news down at night? You know, it doesn't need to be six to eight minutes. He thankfully did. And he he got it that it was just a 90 second news update. So I said, that's great. Okay, let's put the ad breaks at 35 and 50. So here was I getting the chance, you know, with a blank canvas to sort of say, this will be the way radio, you know, on a Saturday night will be in Ireland. And let's do loads of calls. You know, let's get all these girls and guys on from Cork to Derry, to, you know, the Midlands, everywhere. Let's get people phoning up and asking for songs um, and make this a very party, fun place to be. And he was all up for that. And I was able to get suggestions to get whatever it was on the playlist um, and sort of just shake it up a bit, you know, and it was great. And within the first sort of six to ten months, um, because I was up against the maniac, give it up, give it up for the maniac. And I was like very closely studying. I wanted him to tell me what is his radar or JNLR results for his six to nine versus me. What was I starting with? What was I working out with? And I had put, and I'm not, I am not bragging, but I am. I had put on 20,000. There's a lot like putting on weight. But when you say about Chris Evans puts on listeners, I am a person who puts on listeners. So I got to put on at least 20,000 on my average quarter hours because I was listening to what Mark McCabe did. And it was low, droney, boring links. You know, hey, there's a maniac here on a Saturday night. And I was coming on going, hey, it's Today FM. It's Planet Hits. Give us a call. 1857 Hi, who's this? Luke, where are you? And, you know, Luke, what song do you want to hear? You're in where? Cardiff. Great. How can you hear us? You know, and bang, you know, and bang. What song do you want to hear? I want to hear Liberty X, please. Bang. There you go. It's on. It's on Today FM, you know, and those sort of things. And we were, you know, powering the radio through like the Atlantic thing, like the Super Pirates. And it was great because it was just that one little oasis where Tom Hardy and I had the chance to do something different with the radio station where it had been just an automated um, disco show on a Saturday night that was getting, you know, a very small audience. And I had turned that around and been part of the, you know, production of that. And I brought on the guy then. I said, oh, the phone kid that they had in with me, Alan, I said, yeah, I'm going to call you Funky Phone Boy Al. You can just read out some of the requests because I got bored of doing, you know, that. And I wanted the interaction. It's like it's always better two heads than one. Um, but obviously some people take that literally and think, hey, hang on, I'm the host of the of the show. And my mum and dad said, you don't want to give him this too much thing or he'll steal the show on you. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, you have to sort of involve people and make it, as as part of a team and and people do tune into that and that's why nowadays with podcasting they're listening to conversations they want to hear what you're going to say next sound of Friday night in Ireland is here. 100 to 102 today FM. Nothing but 90s. Fun, young and in charge. It is Enda Caldwell on the radio with a lady called Meryl from 1996 from Australia. She is on the way with a great song called Mouth. Meryl Bainbridge and Mouth. Don't know if you remember it. Anything else you'd like to hear, you can text 0874100102. We've got not only the best of the 90s every Friday night from 11 just after the 80s, there's 60s, 70s, good time oldies on Classic Gold Sunday with Jim O'Neill. It's here this Sunday from 1 at Ireland's 100 to 102. Today FM. Hold on, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I've just been reading a little bit about Today FM uh, because um, am I right in thinking that it being a commercial station in Ireland, its FM frequency was the old Century Radio, which me and you were talking about just before we came on air? It had a better network and it had a better delivery. It was all better delivered um, and it did have a good FM signal from day one. The problem was the programming for the first 18 months to two years until Tom Hardy arrived was, shall we say, again, going down the same route as Century had. It just was all over the gaff. So when they came along and then SRH, I think, had bought it, Scottish Radio Holdings, and they said, you know, we'll hire a good PD and we'll get a big breakfast show. And they had Mark Byrne on and he was doing a brilliant job. Um, And then they suddenly, you know, quite cruelly sort of cut Mark um, and put Ian Dempsey on and took him from 2FM to get the headlines of Ian Dempsey leaves 2FM. They had to do that, you see, to get some type of audience. And Ian's been there ever since, since about 1998. So, you know, and then it was, it was the people, consultants were brought in from uh, Ginger Productions um, and they had sort of given it uh, classic album tracks, the best new music in the beginning. Um, and they realigned the imaging and things and did everything they could around this this terribly uh, constrictive format because Today FM is about five radio stations in one. You had to have two hours of speech with the last word. You had to have um, all these big long news updates and things because it's a national radio station, which some of that still exists to this day because of the regulatory things. Um, so it was hard, but they managed to get, you know, a music station out around that. And to be honest, it was really at its high point in listeners before a lot of the youth stations in Ireland launched, like you beat 102, 103s, your iRadios, your Red FMs, all of those. Um, when they had come on, it sort of stole a bit of its thunder. Um, and then, you know, 2FM goes up and down, up and down. Um, but never really gets anywhere. After Jerry Ryan died, obviously there was a big dip in 2FM's audience, which I don't know whether it's ever really recovered from. I'm getting to say it all now, aren't I? I'll never work again in this town, will I? It's great. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, it is. But today FM, as I said, got to manage to sort of hold its own past the century phase but um, I'm sure it had its own dark moments of the soul where the first couple of years it was teetering on the brink. But uh, thankfully, um, the people that were behind it were man- able to sort of bring, bring people in. And then you had like your Scottish radio holdings who pumped a lot of money into it to keep it. And we had like the big names. You had your um, Eamon Dunphy, the last word with Eamon Dunphy. And he used to say, all comments are an integral part of the show. You know, he was a big name, having Ian Dempsey. um, And then a a sturdy hand who knew about radio of old, Tom Hardy, very important part of the, the, the whole thing. Very proud to have been asked by him and invited by him to go and work there because he didn't actually hire too many people. There were a lot of people jealous going, how did he get that gig? But I was like, well, you know, I'd been on Atlantic. What do you expect me to do? They were looking for 
Today FM's little fig roll to do, you know, your top 40, your nothing but 90s, your, um, you know, anything that involved energy and involved tight presentation, you know, being able to do a 15 second link over an intro, call into Caldwell, because there's not too many people in the island of Ireland who could actually still do that. Uh, you ask any of them, they're not able to. They can do a two-minute breakfast link or a podcast till it comes out of their ears. But being able to do a Broadway Bill Lee style link over an intro, I'll I'll ask you, go around the country, find any other person with an Irish passport. You won't find too many that can do that and still keep topical and relevant and know what Dua Lipa was wearing yesterday and had for breakfast. Hmm. Good luck with that. Cross Ireland 100 to 102 Today FM and around the world at www.todayfm.com. Hey, it's the weekend. We're just kicking it off after Friday night 80s, which kicks off at 7 o'clock with Tim Kelly every Friday night and going deep into the night with the 90s and all the great songs you've been calling in for to 1850 715 100. Tasman Archer still to come. Right said Fred and hold on. 100 to 102 Today FM. Nothing but 90s instant request. So leaving Today FM in 2005, um, before we get on to Radio Luxembourg, you uh, embark on um, a couple of uh, swing jobs, uh, should we say, with... um... What actually happened was I was told uh, Today FM, Willie thinks Today FM is going in one direction and you're going in the other. And I was like, okay. So uh, I go from being the Maverick, which was the movie in 2001, to being pulling in the wrong direction. And I went, okay, well, what happened here? And the the learning curve from that was basically, you know, uh, you go, well, am I down with the kids enough or am I not? And am I this or am I that? And you go, well, not really. There's no need to worry about it because the phone rang the next day and it was Steve Caldwell from Bruno Brooks. And he said, oh, we're launching this new uh, in-store radio station. You want to come and work for us? And I was like, cool, okay, here you go. We'll send you the demo, you record it. And suddenly it was literally of that, Luke, one door closes, another one opens, literally the next day. So that's like where... And I'm happy to admit this stuff because people will always go, well, we'd heard the rumor that this happened or, you know, there are 12 million rumors that you did this and you did that. And well, you know, it doesn't matter to me because I can tell the truth and I can say, well, actually, from my point of you get to tell your side of the story. So I went over to work for Bruno and... um we did this uh, Ireland's Impulse Live, which was the Irish version of the station that he'd already done and, and pioneered, which was the radio for news agents and convenience stores across the UK, which was Impulse Live. And then there were all the other offshoots of it, which were Lloyd's Pharmacy Live, Dixon's Live. Dixon's! Sorry, I just had to have one of those moments for uh, Alan Partridge fans. Uh, <laughs> you know, Dixon's Live should have had Alan Partridge as, as its imaging voice. But anyway, I digress. Um, and we had, what other ones? There was uh, Lloyd's Pharmacy Live, there was a bank and then there was like even going to be IKEA live. And then, you know, th- that company still exists as AVC Media, And I know Ewan is still there. So hello, Ewan. Um, but there were all those things. 
And um, then Real Radio, suddenly a call came from that, from Ricky Durkin, um, to meet him at a motorway services to talk about doing some stuff um, in, uh, we met in Newbury or somewhere like that. And then suddenly he's like, yeah, we'll have you on, you know, doing some stuff on Real Radio. I was so excited because this was, again, the chance to be on big national radio uh, across the UK. So it was like almost Atlantic and Today FM rolled into one on a very decent sounding station, I must say, uh, with that bright, happy sound that Real Radio had with those big jingles and the strapline was Wales biggest commercial radio station, uh, 105 to 106 Real FM Real Radio. And then we had Mitch Johnson, Mitch doing the voiceovers across the heads of the valleys. And, you know, and then Ian and Angela at breakfast, a lovely guy as the head of music, some brilliant people in production, just nice. And you walk in and good old Dave Brooks was there. The gorgeous Helen Sweetland. I mean, I can't say a bad thing about it. Real Radio Wales was a real powerhouse. And I, I actually wanted to make Wales my home. But then suddenly Radio Luxembourg had come knocking on the door and I had sent a demo off there and I'd heard Dave Christian on it and I'd seen that this thing was online and I was like, oh, I could do something there. Radio Luxembourg. Wow. Gives a gig. Um, so it took about, took months and months and months and months. And then Benny Brown called me. Hi, it's Benny Brown. Uh, get the flight over. I'll meet you in Frankfurt, Han. And then I was at Radio Luxembourg, the best in classic rock with almost, shall we say, two listeners or three and we had like all these anoraks who were listening going it's not the same as the old radio luxembourg you're only playing three or four hundred classic rock songs and nothing i could do your hands were tied but the one thing i did get to do was redo all the imaging and tell them where to put the lock the you know the the links the clocks and i sort of based it around how we'd done things at atlantic 252 where you had a top of hour the news and then a quarter past a quarter two there were you know there were certain things and styles in which we were doing it and i had i had a good hand in the assistant programming of that one um which there was no structure there and it was nice to go there and bring some structure it was so sad that we never really got the audience we deserved because no one knew about it. The awareness was so low. Uh, the, the website was great. There was a lot of money spent on that. Um, but again, as a DRM project, Digital Radio Mondial on, on AM Digital, um, it was an interesting thing because it was like a 40,000 watt transmitter on AM right across in um, Berlin. And we were going from that. And it could be heard in Tullamore in Ireland because my good old friend, uh, radio pirate Yorkie, was able to get it. He had a DRM receiver. No one else had. And he goes, yeah, I've heard it. He said, but it fades in and out at night. But it didn't fade in and out the way the old Radio Luxembourg did. It was either you got it or you didn't. Um, that's the problem with digital. And it's the same with DAB. You either have the signal, as you know, or you don't. Uh, the, the good thing, that at least, people would stay with the old 208 because it faded in and it faded out. And you'd hear, hey, <laughs> this is Peter Anthony, you know, my old mate Peter Anthony. Or, hey, it's Sean Tilly at a thousand miles an hour. You know, and then you'd hear Sean Tilly on uh, on Radio Luxembourg going, wow, you know, this guy's amazing. Um, but the DRM or DAB, it's not like we're talking here on clean feed. It was... Uh, 
it left a lot to be desired, to say the least. And then when you listened to it, you went, this is sort of like some sort of, you know, 32K mono. And we're putting all this studio quality in from this beautiful digital desk, you know, with these WAV files. And it's all been just fed down into this thing where, you know, and I'm actually voice tracking. We could do all this on station playlist. And we had like the best playout system, the best desk at the time. And it was kind of wasted, you know. Broadcasting on 208 meters in the medium wave, 1440 kilohertz AM, the power of 1.3 million watts. This is the English service of Radio Luxembourg. Our programs commence in just a moment, and they'll continue until 3 a.m. in the United Kingdom. We hope you'll stay with us, because Radio Luxembourg rocks Great Britain, Great Britain, Great Britain. I was going to mention about this uh, Radio Luxembourg because um, well, you and I were talking not that long ago just about um, how the English Luxembourg um, went off air it um, just just on the last day of 1992, and uh, I mean everyone knows what Radio Luxembourg was, but how different was this station compared to the Radio Luxembourg? Um, people of my parents generation um grew up listening to yeah well it was it was that thing i mean my dad rem- uh, remembered uh, recently a, f- a family friend of ours and he had worked with him in the early 70s and he was working in the main opal dealer garage uh, down at wilkinstown so it's going back to the heartbeat era and dave christian playing lynn anderson and rose garden on Radio Luxembourg, you know, and, and, and Bob Stewart and all of the legends and, you know, your Radio Carolines and stuff. And I think it's like music can be in your music can be in your blood, but radio can be in your blood. And it was such a lovely moment for me when my mum and dad came over and poor old Dave Christian was there in the studio. And my dad was so happy to meet Dave Christian because he remembered the voice. He had listened to him, you know, and I'm talking 20s. 20 to 30 years previous to that. And it was, that was just a real moment. And I've had quite a few moments like that. And they say, don't meet your heroes, but I did get to meet quite a few of them. And they, most of them have lived up to it. I got to meet Rick Dees uh, in Hollywood and sit in on a recording of the weekly Top 40 and help him on some place name pronunciations for the UK and on various things and, and make a promo with him. And I, as you know, as I said, I got to meet Scott Shannon briefly in Hollywood. But again, you know, those are those people. But uh, from from having sort of also the, the, the musical stars that you get to meet as well. Samantha Mumba on her 18th birthday. She came into Atlantic 252. That was good. She still looks the same age and as gorgeous as ever. Uh, many of the pop stars, the Australian pop stars who sort of fizzled out. Um, who else did I get to meet then? Oh, uh, Steve Hackett, who was a member of Genesis, who I think replaced Peter Gabriel. Tears for Fears then. It was uh, standing on the, the stage and interview after interviewing them as they did their uh, Paris show uh, in 2007. Because um, these were heroes of mine as well. I had listened to them, you know, and uh, it, was, it was great. You know, radio has more. I met uh, old Mitch, or, well, Mitch Johnson. He's another hero of mine. But uh, Midge Yore, uh I got to meet him in Austria 
um, in Vienna, actually, and got a photo with him. <laughs> it's one of those was like ticks a few boxes there, doesn't it? You know, it's the uh, the legend of Live Aid and you get to have a, have a chat with him. I mean, it's been a uh, there are pockets of happiness in radio. And I think sometimes you can always get close, but no cigar. But once you keep your head down and, and realize, OK, I can easily take a job in a call centre. I can easily let all of these people say, oh, well, I think End has given up on radio now. But they did that right before I got into Atlantic 252. And they did that all the way through your career. You've got these naysayers who go, well, I I guess he's given up on radio now. I won't, you know, and I'm a bit like you, Luke, in the sense that this is something you were sort of born to do. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like, well, we won't be just depping for Steve Wright today or tomorrow. Who knows? You know, that old phone call just might come, you know, next week. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, yes. Never, never say never. There's a time. years with Radio Luxembourg um, and uh, I mean um, from one country to another uh, 2008 comes along and it's Riviera Radio in Monaco. Oh yes working with Paul Kavanagh another radio hero and the thing about Monaco is great memory of that was standing on the port side in Monaco and Cavo said, oh, chain it up for a moment. Come down and watch the performance. So, you know, Cavo talks like this, like the headmaster. So I went down and we're all, all of ourselves, from people from the radio station, from the office, are standing on the port side, looking at these red arrows flying towards the Rock of Monaco and doing a literally a 90 degree just at the rock and going, shoo. And, he, and Cavo leaned into me like Alfred Hitchcock cock and said oh when you go back on air i want you to say the red arrows in monaco were brought to you by 106.5 riviera radio and he was right because as he said always take credit for good things that happen in the area and it doesn't matter if riviera radio actually paid for the red arrows to do the performance people listening will believe that you know people still believe things uh riviera was fantastic um it was just sort of like a radio station it's sort of like that magic or smooth type format it was great yeah and it was it was brilliant living in italy and working in monaco driving down uh, that fateful road that poor old grace kelly had lost her life i had done that serpentine uh you know dozens and hundreds of times in the 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 year well six months i was there um but you know working in the sunshine and when things would happen you know, it's, it's, it's different, you know, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting place. And having met uh, Prince Albert as well, that was a great privilege. Yeah. And also having Roger Moore as a uh, regular listener. Oh, that's right. Yeah, man. That was, I love that because Roger, um, I got an email and I, 
got an email from Montreal de Monaco who, and they were like, we really enjoy listening to your program. And they are like one of the top advertisers. They are like one of the, the places to buy all of your, you know, high end goods, Montreal de Monaco. And then suddenly from the office of Sir Roger Moore. And I thought, this can't be real. What's going on here? No, actually, um, Roger, Sir Roger loves to listen. I am his personal assistant. He loves to listen to your show. And do you know why? His mother was Irish and his mother had an Irish accent. He loves the Irish accent on the radio. And I was absolutely, my heart was, because he was one of my favourite Bonds from when I was a kid back in the early 80s, you know, um, and from some of those ones. So it was, it was nice. And I remember saying hello to him. And then, you know, you just know that you had these people listening to you. They, they were unusual listeners to have, shall we say. But, you know, you, you're definitely at your granny's then, I tell you. Totally. And having 007 himself uh, <laughs> listening to you is uh, just, uh, just, well. You never think of it, do you? You never think of, it was almost like when, um, uh, was it Graham Dean? You know, he ha- used to have Princess Diana come into the studio and actually sit there when he was on air, I believe. You know, she would be in, like, to, she would like to look at him doing the radio show. I think he invited her in and she didn't go on air with him, but she was there in the studio with him. And it was wonderful to meet him as well because he's uh, absolutely, he was a brilliant DJ, Graham Dean. Another, uh, you know, to me, another hero, because he was part of the big capital radio. One man I have to mention would have loved to met, have met was Kenny Everett, because he, you know, to listen to his programs, it's just another world. It's just completely out of this world. He is probably one of the best we've ever seen anywhere on earth to create comedy, radio and entertainment and, you know, popular and to do something in such a way to reverse a joke that it, it was current, it was topical, it was relevant. And there's still some stuff that you go, yeah, we could still use that today, but it's not an original because Kenny's done it before. And he was, he was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, working um, around different countries um, has sounded like fun from, um, from home then to Luxembourg and then to Italy and Monaco. And then uh, 2009, you return back to Ireland uh, to start work on FM 104 and uh, LMFM. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's bread and butter, but um, they always say never go back. And that's where I'll leave it at that. It was nice to get the imaging voice on evenings of FM 104 um that people still say to me you send it fantastic on that so that's good because doing imaging vo is a very difficult gig for some um but some of us are able to go fm 104 dublin's hit music station better than others but uh it was nice to do that and then out of that i got beat 102 103 station vo and it's always that vo world it's something i'd always wanted to crack and be able to do because it's amazing being on a station every three or four minutes for four years. And then when you walk into a gas station or petrol station and you, so, somebody goes and you, you're handing over your card and you say hello and they go, Oh, I know your voice. Um, it happened once or twice. Uh, but, but 
it does happen, but it it's being known, you know, and um, then some people go, what do you do in radio? And I, I could say something like, beat 102 103 and then the, a girl would go or a guy is oh yeah you're that guy yeah remember you yeah yeah but anyway it's a bit of a laugh but um i as regards being back to working in irish radio and irish local radio and all of that um it's interesting how societies move on and cultures change and then some things just stay the same and you are always better never to go back. And then after that, uh, somehow I'd been over in the States a few times and I was nearly being given a gig on Star 92.9 about 10 years ago. And the company just wouldn't put the paperwork through to get me a visa to do, you know, like it's either drive time or mid midday uh, weekends. And then it just didn't come about. And I thought I'd try Canada. So no luck there. But then suddenly I'd sent in a demo to Pulse 87 New York and they were looking for someone to do voice tracking. So I've been there ever since doing that. But I can do that from anywhere on earth. And then how did the other come about? Well, Matt Cadman's recently launched in the last six months Light Radio on DAB for London and Surrey, the new light music station, lightradio.co.uk. Tune it in, people. You can also set it as, up as a skill in Alexa uh, and say, Alexa, play Light Radio Surrey. There you go. I hope it doesn't start up now. But um, so those type of things is always the digital market. Uh, there are so many failed stations that come aboard uh, we have seen so many oldies, uh, the all oldies radio thing went by the wayside. You had United DJs, people pour their heart and souls into these radio stations. Retro sound. Yeah. And there was a lot of things where people started out in the hope to get paid and then never happened. Uh, I've been through the, the ringer and the mill with all of that and I've given my heart and soul to projects like that. Um try one's best not to fall out with the people running them and the people that had set them up because they all did start with a good intention. Um, but I think if you're going to start a radio station, it can't be based on ego. It can't be based on lack of business acumen. It, it has to be a business structure solidly behind the thing. Because a million times people say to me, friends, family, acquaintances, go, why don't you start your own radio station if you know so much about it? No. The answer is no. Uh, why is there not Live Luke Radio or Radio Enda? I'll tell you why. From my own point of view, it's the sense that, one, radio stations are expensive even to run from your bedroom, no matter what way. Number two, who's your audience? Who are you talking to? Three, you know, what's the point? There are a million radio stations you can actually right now ask your smart device to play all over the world. There are too many of them, um, or there can never be too many of them. It's whichever way you want to look upon it. What I find is the quality and why people are still listening to an air check of Charlie Wolf in August 85 on Laser 558 and going, yeah, why is that? What's the magical ingredient about that? You've got to know, you know, or else there will be the other types who feel inferior and go, well, you know, that's old and cheesy. It had never worked now. Well, it did. It did. It worked, you know, and it probably would work, you know, and certain things do work. It's just um, where we become 
all about content and all these mm, rather extraneous words like, you know, whatever happened to program controllers? Whatever happened to program directors? Now they're all content creators and directors. Hello, sorry, been doing this for quite a while now. Uh, can call it what you want, but it's still all content and podcasting and stuff. What are we doing now? We're having a radio talk about radio. Um, I think it's just all turned into brands and ooh, wouldn't suit the brand and ooh, you know, Jersey mightn't be ready for an Irish accent. Well, hello, it was 30 years ago when Terry Wogan was on air. You know, it's some of it just doesn't actually add up to me and where it's all headed because, again, it's like the emperor's new clothes, as I always say. You can actually do all this, dress it all up as a brand, but in the end, it's what Paul Kavanagh said to me in Monaco, it's what comes through the speaker. And that's what people are listening to. Uh, my name is Garda Stephen O'Regan. I'm just calling you here uh, from um, Mount Joy Garda Station here in Dublin. And uh, it's, it's your son now. His name is Andrew, isn't it? Yes. I, he's okay now here. There's no problem. It's just... Um, the, the, himself and the lads, they were they were at a football match um, here at Croke Park. It was just a friendly game, but uh, well, some of the fans there it, they became unruly, you know. Um, and uh, Andrews kind of got caught in the middle of it, you know. Um, Where is he? So, well, he's down here at the station, but it's just been processed right now. There's they're taking the fingerprints and all that, you know. There's a fingerprint, just a few. Few, few, yeah, well, just a few, few standing charges, you know, because it was public uh, mischief, uh, drunken disorderly conduct, and vandalism then, and resisting arrest. It kind of just got a bit messy, you know. We, we, we're just trying. Is to, he hurt? We're just trying to contact all of the is, parents. Is he, is the he hurt? I uh, know he's okay now. He, he is. No, he's grand. I'm sure. I was talking to him there. He, you know, he, he's, he's just in the other room. But uh, we have to kind of call, contact all of the parents, you know. Okay, Pardon? so you talked about uh, fingerprints. So what did he do? What did he do wrong? Did he get well, hurt or did he cause trouble? It, the, the fact is, is that they just got a bit a bit rowdy, you know. And we they, they, <laughs> the, the bar called a up, you know. You know, they did. I mean, basically, now the owner of the of the pub that they were in, the Golden Shillelagh pub, now he said that he wouldn't press charges against them if, if Andrew and his friends would pay the, the, the bar tab and all in full and pay for the damages. You know, there was a lot. So, what, so was what's, a that gonna cost, what's that going to cost me? We have the holding fee here at the station is 25 euros. You know, and 25 then, euros, that's all? See, he pays for the opening, uh, the criminal file, the fingerprint. Oh, you got to pay for your that. own, you got to pay to open your own criminal file? In- well, on that note, Ender, uh, what advice would you give to anyone who's trying to make it into the radio business? <laughs> mm. Well, as Kevin McNamee said to us in about 1992 or three, and the job application forms for McDonald's are also available. Um, I think people trying to make it into the radio business, it's turned into where it was just about the demo tape and getting the gig and not how you looked and all of that. Now it's become nine other things that have to be there, but one brand. So brand yourself. But I would really desperately say to those people, please, please learn the basics. Learn that the station name is is much more important. Learn that, you know, you must learn how to do a speed break or a speed link, as GWR used to call them. Yeah, it's called a 15 second intro. You can do it. You can actually 
do that. Um, learn that it's okay to have an accent, but learn that it's good to train that accent to be more understood by more people. If you want to work in international radio, um, you know, I would say the few basic things are, you know, learn the value of the triangle of information, entertainment and you and those three things in everything that you do. And when you open the mic, whether you're talking uh, about the Live Luke Radio Legends podcast or you're going to be on uh, Heart Wales or you're going to be on Magic London or, you know, some of these major brands like Z100 New York, definitely remember that you must sell that brand. And that's important. We have lost that rare art form and it's all me, 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 me. And it's all about I, 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 what I did. Maybe nobody still cares a lot about that. They do want to know some things about you. Oh, I'm left-handed. Hey, I love to watch Heartbeat. Uh, I like red cars, you know, but we don't want to know much more than that. What you had for breakfast? Yeah, maybe if it's good. But I think it's it, there's an awful lot of that breakfast show radio all throughout the day. And, you know, yes, celebs, but bring the celebs in and put them through a course in how to do those 15 second links or do the, the, the tone, get to Tony Blackburn to teach them how to do a link that's funny. You know, they're, they're not doing that. And it's going to be very sad when you turn on the radio, when all these great people have departed us, uh, like your Tony Blackburns, your Ken Bruce's, you know, and the people that are out there and they'll all say, oh, that was all cheesy and old hat. But guaranteed there won't be anyone that can do Pop Master the way he can in 15 or 20 years. And it, it's it's a sad thing. But listen to the classics. I made myself a task of listening and it wasn't a task. It was a pleasure to listen to Terry Wogan and go, well, what is it about Terry Wogan that works? And then you go, it was simple. He just got on with it. He just threw it at the ceiling and went, yep, we're getting on with it. And sure, we'll have a laugh. And he wasn't even trying to force what he did. And that's the thing. They're now on there. You know, it has to be features. And we've got a new feature. And, you know, you know, all, all uh, respect with, with all due respect to Rob Beckett and not naming out people, but people like that. Great. Well done. You know, but at the end of the day, it doesn't all have to be uh, a two minute breakfast link each time you do a link. Sometimes you could do 15 seconds and capture the mood of the moment or the nation and literally just play another record. There's a lot of samey sameyness going on nowadays, you know, so that's I think they could change that. You know, but it's down to the program directors and the people who are programming these stations and going, well, the listener wants this and that. Did they really know what the listener wants? If they did, you know, they wouldn't be having these crises of, uh, you know, well, we've dropped so much in the radars this time. You wouldn't be having those if they really knew. You wouldn't know. And finally, Ender, who was your radio great well, they could be developed into a few categories. My radio great at the moment is Live Luke because he's the man that we've got our hopes pinned on for the future. So all the radio greats that have come before, you got your Rick D's, your Casey Kasem's, you know, your, your heroes, your Kenny Everett's. But obviously, you know, we've got to give it up for Kenny. There ain't nobody like him. Kenny Everett in the end. We've given a few people a mention, but, you know, you'll be doing well. If anyone could, could do what he did, 
um, they they would be the radio legend. Well, Ender W. Cardwell, thank you ever so much for appearing on this edition of Radio Greats today. And live, Luke, may the road rise with you and may your radio career be every bit as bright and happy as the happy periods I've had in this career. And may you go from strength to strength with that, with that uh, big Welsh lion behind you, guiding you forth into the future. 12 in a row is now non-stop at the New Atlantic 252. May 19th, a special day and happy Friday to you. Have you heard about our new interactive mobile dating service on your mobile phone? God's sake, just give me the damn number. All right, then. It's 0870001052. We'll hook you up with a nice partner, maybe for the weekend, get some action. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Madison Avenue, 12 in a row. See us on the way. Chemical Brothers, the new Atlantic 252. Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke.